victory uh, tonight. Amen. Talked about that this morning. Uh, I can't figure out why people want to get saved, get healed, but not have the victory. Uh, so, amen. So, uh, let's keep the victory as Christians. Uh, amen. So, First Corinth or First Kings 17. You know, Scotty Pittman in the NBA world will uh, will uh, forever be remembered as the guy that let down the team. Uh, Chicago Bulls in their uh, 1994 Eastern Conference semifinals against the New York Knicks, uh, Scotty Pittman refused to take the floor late in the third game because he wasn't going to get the ball. Uh, the, the coach already said, listen, we're going to give somebody, and I'm not going in. Uh, uh, to Scotty, the team was there to serve him, not him there to serve the team. So uh, with that in mind, in the kingdom of God, obedience to the will of God is everything. How I many know we're not here just to for the kingdom of God to serve us. We're here to serve God and the kingdom of God. So in our text, Elijah finds himself having to be obedient in a very difficult time, and he does, and we have a great ending. So let's read it, 1 Kings 17, we start verse 1. St. Elisha the Tippite, uh, the inhabitant of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall, be, uh, shall not be dew nor rain these years except by my word. Then, uh, then the word Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherub, which flows into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, uh, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherub, which flows into the Jordan. Then ravens brought him food and meat in the morning, and food and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Verse 7. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because uh, there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow uh, was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And she and see, I am gathering a couple of sticks. I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Uh, and Elijah said to her, uh, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, and bring it to me, and afterwards make some for yourself and for your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and her a household ate for many days. Verse 16, the bin of flour was not used up, nor the uh, jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which was spoken by Elijah. Let's pray. Father, I'm asking you tonight, God, give us revelation. God, give us insight into your word. I pray, speak to us. God, give us dominion in life, God. 
I have no confidence in this flesh, God, but I have great confidence in your word. I pray tonight as I preach, God, as I speak your word, I pray, God, move our hearts, God, to full obedience. God, your name be glorified in this place. In Jesus' name, God's people say, amen. So obedience is everything. If you're taking notes tonight, obedience is everything. Amen. So here we have two of the greatest miracles I believe found in the Old Testament. Ravens bringing food and meat twice a day to the man of God, and a widow in Zarephath feeding Elijah uh, when she is in desperate need herself. Now I'm getting that story a little bit more, but these are two great miracles. And if God did it then, He can do it now. Every time you read about a miracle in the Word of God, it doesn't mean it's just for then and that time. Uh, but it's there for you and I. Amen. So look first at the provider tonight. We see God's provision when we obey His Word. I said, Then the Word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherub, which flows into the Jordan, I will, and it will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Then the Word of the Lord came to him, saying, Verse 9, Rise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow to provide for you. So as Elijah obeyed uh, the word of God, amen, God's provision uh, came forth. So the key to God's provision is found in obedience. Elijah obeys and ravens feeds him uh, uh, bread and meat every morning and every evening. And a widow at Zarephath provides bread and water uh, for him. Now, uh, that's, that's just two great miracles there. The widow in Zarephath, it goes on, obeys and makes a cake for Elijah. First, uh, verse 16, then it opens the door for provision for her. The bin of flour uh, is, was not used up, nor the jar of oil run dry, according to the word that the Lord gave to Elijah. So as we obey uh, the word of God, we see God's provision coming forth. And what was true then is true today. Malachi 3 says, when we all were obedient to tithing, the windows of heaven open, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and try me now, and this says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out you such a blessing that there will be no room to receive it. So again, as we're obedient to God, God's provision comes forth. Luke 5, uh, Peter obeys uh, and he fills two boats up with fish. Verse 4, Peter or Jesus said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, let down your net for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, this obedience, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great multitude of fish, and their nets was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat uh, to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats, and they began to sink. So, uh, again, the message is, as we're obedient to God, uh, God's provision comes forth. And, and we need to know that today. That helps us in our Christian life. Uh, when you're obedient, when, you're obedient uh, uh, when one thing dries up, God always has a plan, uh, plan B. This is what we see in our text. God tells Elijah something, and he does it. Uh, and how many know uh, sometimes the first plan just doesn't work out right? Or one doesn't work out the way we want it. Uh, but God always has a plan B. God always has a backup. 
we see this in our text and it said it happened after a while the brook uh, dried up because there is no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So again, as we're obedient to God, uh, we see God's provision uh, breaking forth again. You know, if you read get in Genesis, uh, read the story of Joseph. It's a fascinating story. Joseph has a dream. Uh, he has a couple of dreams. He tells to his brothers, uh, you know, they get jealous. They're, uh, they're, they're, this jealousy turns into rage and anger. Uh, so they throw him in a pit. Later they sell him as a slave. He's put in prison. Uh, but because he's obedient to God through it all, he's not bitter, he's not twisted, he's not, uh, you know, how people get. But here's a man, that a young man at that 17, 18 years old, uh, kept his heart right with God. He's obedient to God. And as he's in prison, God gives him the ability to interpret dreams. And, you know, the story, a couple guys there had a dream. He interprets the dream. That opens the door later to Pharaoh has a dream. Uh, and Joseph interprets that dream. Uh, we're talking about God coming through for you. And he he interprets that dream. And immediately he's, got, he's brought out of the prison uh, He's made second ruler in all of Egypt, and, uh, and the very people that put him in prison or put him uh, in the pit and sold him uh, are later bowing down before him. But that's just how God works. When we're obedient, amen, God always moves for us. There's a plan B. Joseph uh, had no idea that that was going to happen. He thought these dreams were just going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, take place, and but listen, it didn't work out, but there's always a plan B when you're obedient to God. We talk about Ruth. Uh, uh, Ruth gets married, and like any other young lady, amen, they're thinking about probably a children in time, a life together, going to grow old together, her husband dies, and, uh, but because she's obedient uh, to the woman of God, to the things of God, says this in Ruth 1.16, but Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you nor to turn back from following after you, for wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And where you will be buried, uh, the Lord do to me uh, so. And more, and more also, if, I, if anything, but death parts you and me. So this is a picture of just obedience and faithfulness uh, uh, to the will of God. See, uh, Ruth understands that, listen, the will of God is connected to Naomi. I'm not going to uh, run away from that, but I'm going to run to it, and she's faithful. And because of that, uh, amen, uh, she goes back to Jerusalem. She gets married, eventually has a, a baby named Obed. He becomes a grandfather of King David. And So listen, when we're obedient to God, we're serving Him, listen, God's provision comes through. There's always a backup plan that God helps us with. So through obedience, other people are touched by God's provision as well. We see this in our text, verse 14. Thus said the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flowers shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. Look at what verse 15 says. So she went away and did according to the words of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate many days. So her obedience here uh, to the will of God, first Elijah's obedience, now this woman's obedience, uh, now is touching her, her whole household. Uh, 
for many days, probably a couple of years, uh, uh, hear that this miracle is flowing and touching them, but it's simply out of somebody being obedient. So we can't downplay obedience when God speaks to you, when you uh, read His Word, amen. Obedience is everything to them. Uh, because out of that opens the door for, to God's provision. So let's look secondly, our obedience to the will of God will always be challenged by hell and the demonic. How many believes that? You make a decision, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be obedient to the word of God, whether it's giving uh, my tithe, my offerings, or it's, uh, it's in an area of labor. I'm going to labor uh, in the kingdom. I'm going to get involved. I'm going to be uh, invested here. Uh, and hell and demonic fights against that. The enemy knows that if he can get us not to not obey, then he's won the victory. Look at Genesis 3. God told Adam and Eve, uh, uh, you can eat from all the trees of the garden except one. Uh, the one in the middle of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and if you eat it uh, uh, from that tree, you're going to die. And so think about that. You've got all the trees. Uh, it's like going to the market. You've got all the food, and there's an apple right in the middle of the store. And God said, you can have all the steak you want, all the bread you want, everything. Whatever's in the store you have, but that one apple there's mine. I mean, uh, you would think they would be so overly grateful. God, that's yours. I'm not touching it. But the demonic always wants what's God. Demonic wants, always wants what's sacred to God, but belongs to God. Uh, and we know that. And if the devil can convince you to touch what's God, uh, then he's won a victory. And so this is what's going on in Genesis 3, verse 4. It says, Then the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that the day that you eat, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good from good and evil. Verse 6, So the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate, and also gave to her husband uh, with her, and he ate. How many the devil won a great victory that day? Sin entered into the world through their disobedience. So the devil will always challenge our obedience, our decision. I'm going to uh, serve God. I'm going to do the will of God. I'm not backing off, but I'm going to go uh, forward. The devil is going to challenge that. We see in 1 Samuel 15 that partial obedience is really disobedience. We can't just partially obey. Uh, God, I'll, I'll partially obey here, but I'm not going to do it over here. That's, that's, that's not obedience at all. Verse 1, 1 Samuel 15. Samuel said to Saul, Thus said the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what they did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came out of Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. So Paul thought partial, or Saul thought partial obedience is okay. I can partially do the will of God. I can just go 20%, 30%. I can start to fight, but not uh, do it the way that God says. Uh, how many of us never good? You can't partially be married tonight. Uh, either you're all in or you're not all at all. Amen. Uh, uh, that's true. Everything in life is like your job. You can't tell your boss, hey, I'll be partially obedient here. I'll show up Monday, Tuesday, the rest of the week's mine. Or, hey, I'll show up Friday, I'm off Monday through Thursday. It didn't work like that. 
Life doesn't work like that. The kingdom of God doesn't work like that. Uh, and Paul's trying to make it work, uh, and we know it doesn't. And Saul, or, or Samuel at the end said, listen, uh, God ripped the kingdom from you today because you're trying to serve him with partial obedience. So partial obedience cost Saul. The kingdom is taken away from him. But more than that, uh, his heart becomes hard and caring and stubborn. Uh, you read the rest of his life, and that's what partial obedience seemed to always produce. Uh, when somebody just wants to partially serve God, they always end up with this uncaring, hard and stubborn heart. Uh, you can't tell them anything. They can't be moved uh, uh, to do anything because they're set. And Paul's heart become hard and bitter, uh, angry. The Bible said he was tormented uh, the rest of his life. And listen, we shouldn't be that way in the kingdom of God. We should always have a heart. God, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to go all the way. I'm all yours. Uh, because God deserves our best. You know, circumstances will challenge your obedience. In our text, Elijah goes, uh, does the will of God. But now King Ahab is out to kill him. You know, he responds, God, I'll do your will. He does it. Uh, and now uh, he tells the king some words. Now the king said, I'm going to take off your head. I'm going to end your life. Yeah, that's not the way he planned it. <laughs> I, I didn't figure it going that way, God. So God tells him, uh, God tells Elijah, turn eastward and hide uh, by the brook Cherub, which flows into Jordan. He does that. Uh, Again, and it happened after that, the book dried up. God says again uh, to Elijah, Rise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. I've commanded a widow to provide for you. Uh, so he rose and went to Zarephath. Uh, you know, the good you know, the thing about this, so Elijah never complains. You know, sometimes the will of God, uh, I mean, you do one thing, God will speak and move, and, but Elijah never complains. Uh, he's not. He hasn't allowed bitterness to take root. Uh, uh, you know, some people, if God didn't work out exactly the way they planned it, exactly what they wanted, uh, uh, they're bitter, they're upset, they're angry. Uh, but here's Elijah. He's showing us, listen, the will of God's all about God. It's not about us. It's not about us getting everything we want. I'm sure Elijah didn't want to go eastward. He was happy where he was at. Uh, he liked his house. Uh, Go eastward, that brook dries up. And now go down to uh, uh, Zarephath. Uh, I don't want to go there. But there's no, no complaints here. If we can just get our mind around this, if we can serve God without complaint, <laughs> I mean, without any kind of bitterness rooting in, but we serve God just to serve Him, uh, He can speak and say, and we do. Uh, if we can all get to that point, gosh, what a great church uh, uh, we can become. You know, three, when you're obedient, faithfulness, or when you're obedient and faithful, you will get victory over your enemy. Think about God. God God's always got victory in mind. I don't care where you, what scripture you read, what story you follow in the Bible. It's always the, in God's mind. God's going to give us victory. Jesus had to go to the cross. Uh, a horrible death. He had to go through, but listen, the end was victory. Uh, he didn't just go through that to go through it, but Jesus got victory over the demonic. Uh, and we see this in our text, 1 Kings 18, 1. And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah, 
in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. Uh, then it happened as Elijah saw, or Ahab saw Elijah, that Ahab said to him, uh, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. And that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed the bells. Uh, verse 19. Now therefore send and gather all of Israel to me on Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asher uh, uh, who eats at Jezebel's table. We're getting ready to see a tremendous victory here. Yes, the kingdom of God, the, the ministry sometimes is hard, it's difficult. Uh, but if we learn to obey and trust God through it, uh, listen, there's always a victory day. And this is what Elijah's going to see here. You're going to see a victory day. Elijah tells the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asher, present a sacrifice uh, and the God that answers by fire, he's God. Sound like a good plan, right? They're all, yeah, yeah, sounds good. Uh, so imagine 850 prophets, uh, false prophets, they make this big uh, you know, altar, put their cow on it, uh, and they're calling out to their God, oh, Baal, oh, uh, whoever, uh, and he's not hearing. Uh, and, you know, they get desperate. They're cutting their cell. They're acting a fool. And Elijah begins to mock them. It's good to mock the devil sometimes, isn't it? Devil, how do you like the blood of Jesus? So Elijah's mocking them. Uh, maybe you have to talk louder. Maybe he's asleep. He can't hear you. Uh, maybe he went out for dinner or something, you know. And so he's just mocking him. And so, I mean, the victory's getting sweeter by the moment because Elijah knows that God's going to come through. Uh, and Elijah said, okay, it's my turn. We know the story. He makes the, the same thing, altar sacrifice. Uh, and it says this in verse 38 in 1 Kings 18. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering, and the wood and the stones and the dust it, it licked up, and the water that was in the trench. Now when the people saw it, they fell to on their faces, uh, and they said, The Lord, He is our God. Uh, the Lord, He is God. What a wonderful victory. And that's always the end goal, isn't it? That God gets the victory. God's name is glorified. Uh, uh, people get saved. Uh, lives are touched and changed. Uh, but God always has the victory in mind. But listen, you know, the devil is going to always show up and fight. But listen, God has victory in mind. Look lastly here. Miracles follow the obedient. And that's what I'm reading this text. And that's what I really liked out of this uh, I'm, I'm, as I'm putting this together, I'm like, it guys like whispering in my ear, listen, miracles are for the obedient. Miracles are for those uh, that were obedient to the will of God. There's always the miracles that follow. God tells Elijah uh, 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 where, where, at the brook Cherub, which flow, or go to the brook Cherub, which flows to the Jordan. He said, I've commanded the ravens to feed you here. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, bread and meat in the evening, uh, and he drank from the brook. So let's stop and look at this miracle for a moment. Ravens uh, are bringing you bread and meat every morning and every evening. That brother ate good, amen. And the Bible, is, it gives us the picture right off the grill. I mean, right off the grill, God cooked these steaks, uh, and Here's Elijah, man. He's kicking back. He's by the brook. He's drinking water. Uh, probably got a little umbrella there. Probably a little footstool. And, 
And all of a sudden, these uh, ravens bring him his, his meal. And, I mean, that's how God is. I mean, God, when he brings it in, God can bring it in. Uh, how many have been surprised where God just drops some miracles in your lap? And you're like, wow, uh, whether it's a miracle in your marriage, whether, like we've had here uh, a couple ladies having babies that uh, had uh, difficulties. Uh, I mean, these are good miracles. And Elijah, I mean, ravens, it, ravens are the most selfish birds alive. They're scavengers. They never share. They consume. Uh, I mean, if you ever seen these vultures and big ravens uh, uh, land on something on the street? I mean, a squirrel dies, and man, they're there within, seems like seconds, they have a nose for rotten, rotten flesh, they're there, but these are, these are steaks off the grill. This isn't rotten flesh they're bringing them, this isn't uh, a dead rodent on the road, uh, but I mean, this is the miracle, God can speak to some selfish birds uh, that would never share anything with anybody for any reason, uh, and God can move these birds uh, uh, to being a great, be a great blessing in your life. You know what that tells me here? That God can uh, move on bosses, amen, that are greedy, bosses that are always concerned about just themselves, uh, and, the, and God can move on them to give you a raise. God can move on them to give you a better position, give you a better job, whatever it might be. Uh, but listen, uh, uh, miracles follow the obedient. And I, I, have, I have several miracles in my quiver that I can pull out as I've been living for God, as I've been obedient. Uh, I can pull these miracles out and they all speak a message to me. And listen, when you're obedient, miracles follow that. It says the miracle, or the, once, the miracle, once this miracle dried up, God opened the door for another one. It says, Rise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow to provide. For you, this is another great miracle. Here's a, a widow. Uh, she has nothing. Amen. Her son uh, is going to uh, eat this last meal and die. Both of them are going to die. God supernaturally moves here. Uh, amen. And a widow that has nothing, a widow that's going to die herself, provides for Elijah now for two years. What a testimony. At that testimony, begin to ring through the, the land, and you know it did. Uh, but the point is, miracles follow the obedient. Uh, amen. And so I encourage you, amen, be obedient to God, to the Word of God, to things of God, because listen, uh, you're the winner at the end of the day. Because God's blessing is on the obedient tonight. Uh, uh, you know, the generation that we live in, and, uh, you know, it's, it's everything but committed to the kingdom of God. It's everything but committed to the will of God. So you have to fight for this. You have to fight. I'm living for God. I'm committed to the will of God. I'm going to be obedient to the kingdom. But once you do that, listen, God's got your back. So I want to encourage you tonight, just a word tonight. Be obedient, and you'll be grateful and glad you did. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight.